Welcome to Hindsight is 2020, a show where we look at anything in this world and arrogantly say how we'd fix it. And I can prove it with my usual flawless logic. These two idiots. <laughs> we give our thoughts on movies and TV shows that should or should not have been. Hey, Dad, how's my favorite sin? Whoa, 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 just slow down. Huh? What do you mean they blew up the Death Star? Oh, who's they? What the hell is an aluminum falcon? With your host, Pete. Danger, danger. My name is Anakin. My shitty acting is ruining Saga. And Greg. Where's your costume? Your ignorance is amusing and sad. I am dressed in the actual clothing worn by Cosmic Wars creator, Randall Curtis. I bought them at auction. Then added pregnancy panels to fit my unique body type. And we slowly and mercilessly beat our subject to death. Welcome, I'm Lando Calrissian. I'm the administrator of this facility. Lando's not a system, he's a man. Hello, what have we here? Lando's not a system, he's a man. Still hanging around this loser? Lando's not a system, he's a man. Would you get going, you pirate? Lando's not a system, he's a man. Yes, very friendly. Someone must have told him about my little maneuver at the Battle of Tanav. Lando, sister? Lando's not a system, he's a man. And welcome back to another episode of Hindsight is 2020. What we like another high octane. Well, it's a speedy episode. Uh, right. It's an, a bonus, if you will. <laughs> A bonus for all those people who can't stop hearing us talk about Star Wars. Because it's not talked about enough. And for the evening, my name is Tom the Tauntaun Wrangler of Hoth. And I will be Luke's robotic hand tonight. Ah, okay. We did kick the guy out who Han Solo yelled at that he'd see him in hell <laughs> before leaving the hangar at Hoth. Uh, it was a tough choice. It was, it was a tough, tough choice for me. Uh... <laughs> it was a coin toss, but now we're here. And we're here for our version of episode two of the redone Star Wars prequel. Once again, a quick recap. What we're doing is we are pooping all over somebody's hard work and artistry by saying we can do it better, because that's what we do on this show. And we are doing that with the Star Wars prequels, and how we wish they would have happened, and how they would have occurred. And if you listen to our episode one podcast, my god, what are you doing back? And if you <laughs> didn't listen to the episode one podcast, then previously on Star Wars, go recap boy. Uh, changes that we made. Uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin meet much sooner and begin kind of the bonding process. We have completely ejected Qui-Gon Jinn from the storyline. Uh, Anakin is taken back to Coruscant, uh, where he meets Palpatine, who is also a Jedi, uh, what do we make him, a warrior? Well, we had the idea that the Jedi Temple is kind of a, a split split yeah. it's split between the more fierce warrior side and the more studious healer spiritual people. side the spiritual go. side of the force so you we set it up as Yoda versus Palpatine and the Jedi Council where they're together under the Jedi code but Yoda is the spiritual use the force, reach out with your feelings type guy, and Palpatine is the, I can throw shit with my hands and shoot blue lightning out of my fingertips guy. And they often have clashes, but up until this point, they've been on the same side. Yes, but there are threats all uh, loose in the galaxy here as a host of Dark Jedi, uh, who we will come to hear more about in this story. Uh, create chaos as they spread out among uh, different star systems, trying to uh, disturb the peace of the galaxy, essentially, uh, by kind of reviving old rivalries in these systems. Uh, they're also looking for certain key objects, 
Uh, that's going to play into our little uh, Clone Wars story that we're going to be getting into tonight. Of course, because it's all about the Clone Wars. <laughs> and the, the title that I never understood why he didn't just use with episode two. <laughs> but uh... And me- meanwhile, in the Beverly Hills 90210 sequence of Star Wars, Anakin and Padme have gotten together and are hot to trot. But they're teenagers. They're teenage romance, which means it's not going to be an endless forever, I love you forever. They'll say that, but it has no meaning. Uh, Because they're teenagers and they're goofy, and so at the end of uh, part one, there was a big battle. Uh, At at Alderaan. Yes, a big battle at Alderaan, and Anakin and Padme hook up, if for no other reason than just uh, convenience of location, and... So they're sort of together by the end. Uh, Anakin comes back with the first of what will be many injuries, because our idea is to gradually... We're ripping s- this guy apart. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We are metaphorically taking away pieces of this person in physical form, as well as his mental mental state as he goes towards the dark side. So at the end, uh, Anakin and... Obi-Wan have captured one of these Dark Jedi at the end of whatever this battle was and bring him back as a hostage to Guantanamo Coruscant and (laughs) are going to hold him indefinitely as they try to figure out in the Jedi Temple, you know, where he came from and all kinds of good, good things and good times. And that's how we basically wrapped up episode one. Yeah. um, Okay, now... Maybe we should talk a little bit about what we're going to be shifting around here as far as existing. What what are we keeping from the existing I think, episode two? I think we eliminated that. I think we skewed off of our tangent, thanks, Doc Brown, to <laughs> our own version here. So I think as we took the basis of what we got, and again, we'll, this is how we're operating here, I guess, is that... We're taking what we had, we're looking at it, we're going to pick it apart like a car and say, are any of these pieces useful before we send it to the junkyard or just start over? And I think we have taken some of the very, very basic outlines of what came in 99, 2002, and 2005, and we are, I think, now completely on our own line here. Uh, Because what we got was... Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, and we got horrible love stories, send Anakin and Padme off to her home on Naboo for some reason, but I think we've changed it enough. I mean, Padme is no longer a queen or a senator. She works for Bail Organa. Uh, Anakin is younger. He's maybe 17, 18, and he's already getting injured, and he's already showing his temper, temper by the time we're beginning episode two. And showing the friendship with Obi-Wan, and Obi-Wan's actually training him, etc. So I think we're already divergent from where uh, Senor Lucas has already taken us. Uh, we are still, I'll, I'll interject that we are still uh, keeping kind of the thrust of the story the same as far as Anakin's spiral inward here. Um, and where it will ultimately lead him. I mentioned the fact that we are going to have clones in this, so that is something that kind of is a holdover, uh, if you will. They are going to be changed. <laughs> We're not going to have, you know, Obi-Wan coming and finding a billion Cody's on <laughs> Camino anymore, but I'm going to set the Death Star to kill Camino. <laughs> I can't pay this bill for these guys that I picked up. Who's paying for these guys? But one thing we did realize in putting the notes together for our versions of these episodes and I think it's so hard to divorce ourselves from what came before us in a very very generalized sense we're following similar paths to what were were actually given to us Mm -hmm. but very very generalized but we noticed that when we were coming up with these notes for our episode 2 and our episode 3 we were kind of following the same paths but in a much broader sense and hopefully a better more detailed more creative, energetic, wonderfully told story 
kind of a yeah, so, so if you start listening to us going through this and you're going, hey, wait, they just did the... Yeah, maybe we did, but hey, it's our story. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but don't listen to any other podcast. Continue to listen to us, and for fourteen ninety five, we'll send you all audio cassette copies of all of these podcasts uh, on vinyl. Okay, so... <laughs> We start our episode two. We're going to call our Star Wars episode two, The Clone Wars. Woohoo! <laughs> or, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I keep doing that uh, if we're doing prequels. Yippee! Oh, God. <laughs> okay, no children. Um, <laughs> or maybe we call episode three, The Clone yeah, I don't know if we ever came up with the title. I don't know. We never did come up with titles. <laughs> we're not worried about titles, we're worried about content. That's right. So we're in, second, named, we're in the second installment here. Somebody with the initials GL was probably more concerned about titles and less about content. We're shifting. <laughs> Buy my crap. Okay. So we open this movie where we have the dark Jedi that was captured being held prisoner by the Jedi in the Jedi Temple. And whether we see it or not, the idea being that this is all being manipulated behind the scenes by Palpatine and his reasons for for doing this is maybe he's just been in in constant clashing disagreement with Yoda's style of being a Jedi for so long that that's why he's trying to break this out. Yeah, he's got basic philosophical differences between the way that, you know, the Jedi teachings have always been prosecuted and how he thinks world should work. Yes, and he has this very Hitler-esque way of knowing that he has his way of how the world should work. So, he's putting out the message to some other dark Jedi or lackeys throughout the universe uh, to come and break this guy out to to rescue him from the clutches of these Jedi temple people, because honestly Palpatine doesn't want this dark Jedi spilling the beans. And he's maybe a fearful that that could actually happen. Yeah, and, and we should mention that these dark Jedi that we invented for this story um, is actually a touchstone to something that was a cut scene or a cut reference in uh, the original episode, too, about the fact that there had been Jedi who had been trained and had left on their own volition. Um, so we're just taking that one step further with these dark Jedi characters. Yeah, so, and that was a, a very, very basic launching point yeah. that we have taken and, much further. Yeah, they would have gone through the training and maybe, you know, who knows, Palpatine could have been their mentor. And so he's already started spreading his ideas and ideals, and they're simply following that. And if this guy, you know, if the Jedi really want to push the matter and interrogate him and find out, you know, what they're up to and why they're doing what they're doing and everything like that, then... Palpatine's larger plans would be in danger, so yeah, he's got to, you know, either kill this guy or get him out. One of the two. And so we can have one of two things happen at the beginning if we're going to have our grand opening scene that is want to do not only in Star Wars history but now is the thing to do is to have a kickoff opening scene or a kick-ass opening scene. Is you could either have the dark Jedi because you always have to start in space. So you could have them shoot down some sort of capsule or something that goes straight down through the atmosphere. We follow it all the way down. It blasts down and goes and and rips a hole in the side of the Jedi Temple, uh, relieving the guy. Or we have one of those Mission Impossibly type scenes where the Dark Jedi are sneaking into the Jedi Temple and Palpatine left a key to the back door under a mat outside the Jedi Temple. <laughs> As he walks, he just drops a key out of his robe. And uh, see, they, see another R2-D2 unit like launch it out the top of his dome. Exactly. And the dark Jedi Force catches it. Yeah. So they break him out, but there's got to be some way that when they break him out, there's a battle that actually ensues uh, you know, I maybe, like that idea that you just put out there um, about them, like, maybe from some ship that's just coming into orbit, they blast some kind of capsule down there, and it goes right into the side of the temple, and it could either unload some of these other dark Jedi, or it could be a means of his escape. Maybe they 
pepper the building with a couple of them at different points uh, keep the Jedi kind of off balance and confused and they have enough of these things that uh, you know, they're keyed maybe to react to certain dark side energies or something like that so that's how they kind of ignite them and can re-escape in those capsules yeah and it kicks right off into a battle that can take Jedi versus Dark Jedi straight into the Senate chambers or the Senate building and the Jedi can ultimately take them down maybe Anakin or Obi-Wan are just coming back from a mission of some sort well no because we're ending right on top of where we ended our first one so um uh, you know, oh, Obi Wan goes to join the fight and is wondering where Anakin is, and we cut to Anakin just laying in bed smoking a joint with Padme or something, <laughs> <laughs> watching TV. He's, he's, not, he's not paying any attention. He's not doing anything. Yeah. You just see the buildings explode, and he's just sitting there. Um, but maybe Anakin ultimately goes out, finishes off the last guy, or comes in and wins the fight. To Jedi, if there's a couple of them that they have to fight, are taken down in the middle of the Senate chambers. And the, well, uh, yeah, I was going to say, actually, we could have Anakin over at the um, Senate building and... Hanging you know, out with Padme, his arm yeah, on the well, wall. Hey, well, how yeah, are you doing? I'm kind of. And, uh, yeah, the reports come in that there's some kind of, you know, upheaval at the Jedi Temple or something like that. He takes off back there and, yeah, ends up playing some key role and uh, either killing some of these dark Jedi or foiling the escape attempt or something along those lines. Or it could be something along the lines of uh, you know, Obi-Wan saying, you know, yelling in the middle of battle, you can't kill this dark Jedi. We gotta know uh, he's where he came from. He's our lead. or He's, he's helping our investigation because, you know, we'll, we'll follow along the lines of ep- the actual episode too and Obi-Wan turns into Expector Gadget so we can <laughs> so we can uh, CSI Kenobi turns on and he can yell at Anakin we need him he's he, he's our link he's our he's the way we're going to get information but the dark jedi goes into a chamber and that's where Padme is and Anakin can get all pissy uh, I like that and, okay no and he cuts off his head and that's that can be the grand moment that everyone loves and needs is is you and McGregor yelling no as <laughs> as Anakin cuts this guy's head off and uh, but it it leads to the Senate seeing what's going on and declaring war on these terrorists whoever they may be we will we'll find them and we'll kill them if you're not with us you're gonna, against us we're gonna flush them out <laughs> exactly because we have cha- <laughs> we have Grand Supreme Chancellor Bushy <laughs> is is on top of the chambers. We're going to get these guys, we're going to smoke them out. We're going to smoke them out. going to flush them out. We're going to Camino, we're going to smoke them out. <laughs> <laughs> so that that would be our grand opening 20 minutes or 15 minutes. The big opening set piece. That I'm guys, sold. These guys I want to see this movie. Yes, yes, yes. And when they go back to the Jedi Temple, Obi-Wan's a little pissy at Anakin for not listening to him. And when Anakin goes back to the temple, he goes to consult with Palpatine, or he tells Obi-Wan, I'm going to the temple to, I'm going to the temple to pray, and he goes to meet with Palpatine, and this concerns Obi-Wan, and Obi-Wan goes to meet with Yoda, and we can have a correlating scene of both of them talking at the same time, and we can be very blatant, Palpatine saying, you need to use your power, Anakin, and Yoda can say, calm your mind, or... And yeah, maybe uh, I like the dichotomy there, because um, you certainly have the personifications of the light and the dark side, you know, little devils on his shoulders, if you will, uh, and the angel on his shoulder kind of whispering in his ear type of thing. I like that idea. Yes. And the ultimate idea, our big bad here comes into play finally, is we have the idea of Palpatine, and this is stolen from the books. <laughs> but uh, we talked about that before. Palpatine yep, yep. is learning how to transfer his essence into a clone so he can live forever. So that's where these dark Jedi come in. They're trying to find different Jedi 
that can be cloned that will be able to hold on to force ability because Palpatine wants to be able to create a clone that will contain all of his abilities and he has not been able to. He has a cloning facility that he's been trying to create and a secret cloning facility. Yes, so he can have his own little mini army. It doesn't have to be a grand army of the Palpatine Republic. It can be just a mini army, but the mini army consists of clones who have been created of Jedi, but they don't have force abilities. And that's what he's been trying to figure out. He's been trying to find the key that unlocks the code to create a clone who will allow him to have all of his abilities in him. So here we are talking about the force in midichlorian terms without taking blood samples and saying, you have this much force in you. (laughs) So we're doing that same sort of thing, but I think we're doing it in a much more subtle way, I guess. Is that you just, nature is forced, the force chooses who it's going to, what body We we don't want to over-explain the force. Yes, and this is about as far as we go, is that Palpatine is creating clones because he is trying to find a way to live forever so again another story point that was shown and we're just angling it a little bit different he's trying to create a clone that has his abilities that's his big bad plan and uh the his hope then would be you know if he can turn some more of these jedi and like kind of expand his ranks that way too he is going to have a force that is more than equal to the task of handling the Jedi. And to a lesser extent, the Republic's existing armed services. And and if anybody wants to, you know, go, all right, well, why would a why would a Sith or why would a bad guy in this uh, world want to create more people who could be a threat to his power and everything like that? Well, I never said that he was playing by the rule book. I mean, he might have cloned bodies for them prepared that they could switch their essence into, but that, uh, you know, he's built some kind of genetic defect into that he can, you know, release some kind of toxin into them or something like that, and it kills them instantly. So There you go. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's not dumb, but he is willing to use these people to you know, achieve his ends and if they're willing to go along for the ride and be you, so much better. But he's not a what I like to term Palpatine from what we've been given in six movies. He is not a selective clairvoyant. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning, he cannot see every last thing that happens in the future, with the exception of a couple of things that actually happen. A couple in of the future. key things that are a problem. Yeah. <laughs> so he's. Completely clairvoyant on everything with the exception of his own death, the rebels, Luke, Leia, all these things that he doesn't see, and yet he's right on the nail with everything else. Yeah. No. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't quite hold up under the logic light <laughs> when, you, when you put it that way. No. So, yeah, Palpatine is just trying to live forever. He's a smart guy. He's got this facility. He's been doing this for a long time. It's still Ian McDermott in there. So he can still show that he's aged. He's been around a long time. He's been planning this for a long time. Uh, And then the other storyline, the Anakin storyline, here's where the tie-in to the original trilogy and the few notes we got about these prequels and the dialogue there. The idea being, Princess Leia says, General Kenobi, you need to tell us how you fought in the Clone War with my father, or whatever. And George decided to try and shoehorn that in by nonsensical things like, we can't fight a war for you, we're not warriors, but he's going to be General Kenobi, and we're going to start the Clone Wars as Jedi. (laughs) We just need to spring some of our people, so let's go pick up an army and turn them loose. And create a war, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So... The idea being that Anakin actually enlists with the Republic's army to fight in the war. And Obi-Wan is not on board with this idea at all. No, but maybe at the urging of Padme and 
Yoda or somebody to say, you know, you need to watch his back, or maybe it's just Obi-Wan's own personal feeling of sense of responsibility to his his young Padawan, his apprentice, that he's got to watch his back, and they do everything together, so he's not going to let him go, so he, he agrees he will enlist as well. He's a higher-up guy. He's got these hidden... He's got his hidden abilities to be a warrior, and yet again, another line dropped in Empire Strikes Back. I don't know what the line is. But the uh, the whole, was I any different when you trained me? Obi-Wan's dropping a line that he was a little bit of rambunctiousness, and Yoda trained him. Okay, well, so we see a scene earlier in our version where Obi-Wan goes to Yoda and discusses things. And Calm yourself, Master Kenobi. You know, use your feelings, not your whatever but there's got to be a side of obi-wan that has a bit of if you unlock the warrior side on him he'll kick your ass so when he goes to join up there's a little sense of hey i kind of like this (laughs) he he doesn't go completely like anakin anakin's all in and i'm gonna bring out my lightsaber and kick anybody's ass i can obi-wan is just i'm in here i'm trying to protect him i'm trying to use the force but like George Carlin said, pacifism is a nice idea, but sometimes it could get you killed. <laughs> so Obi-Wan gets in, and, and he'll eventually get up to the ranks when we get to episode three of being a general. And, and the other nice thing that's setting it up this way, you know, what this gives us is, and we talked about this in the last episode too, is we want to see the friendship between these two guys. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, if you're worried about your friend or your student, however you want to look upon the Obi-Wan-Anakin relationship here. But, you know, somebody who you care about is going off and doing something that, you know, you might not necessarily personally totally agree with, but you also feel a sense of kinship and responsibility and brotherhood with this person. So you say, you know what? I'm not going to let you go out there and face whatever it is alone. We're going to go do this together. If we want new characters involved with the prequels that we want to bring on board, there can be military people who are a little wary of having these creepy monks show up and join the battle because they're going to be battling next to guys that have to wear a bunch of armor and have a blaster, and yet they're going to have some guy who can throw his laser sword at somebody and slice five guys in half, and it comes flying back to him. You know what I think would be fun, actually, now that I'm sitting here and you said that? Wouldn't it be fun to, like, bring in some, like, okay, they need to find these various dark Jedi who, you know, we're now labeling in our little storyline as terrorists, essentially, and everything like that. What if, um, you know, they kind of hired some bounty hunters, and then you could bring that element into it as well? Like a young bounty hunter named Boba Fett. <laughs> no, you, you could. <laughs> yeah, you could. this is where you actually could bring something in there, and it doesn't. It's not completely off the wall. It's not totally off the rails. Here, oh, by the way, here's Boba Fett's father, who happens to be the father, Dingo! Of, <laughs> father of every stormtrooper you see, and they suddenly have different growth spurts by the time you get to Episode Four. And yeah, then different voices and yeah. yeah. Bring in a couple of bounty hunters and they're they're the special forces. Always got that little danger in there, you know, who are they really working for type of thing. Yeah, Yeah, maybe they don't even have to work with them. And then the other idea spinning off of that is that the military leaders by the time we get to episode three can start having a kind of a accord with the Jedi Council. And using some of the Jedi as so kind of Navy SEALs, as the, the Republic Army's own SEAL Team Six is a, is a bunch of Jedi, and they're doing a lot of secret missions. And this is at the because uh, the, whoever this military leader has a good relationship with, Tana Palpatine. So he has a good working relationship with Palpatine. Palpatine says we can offer up some of our best Jedi recruits here to fight as a sort of special forces for you. And there you have the difference already of General Kenobi leading these men, trying to keep them safe, keeping them a distance, strategically trying to win a battle. And 
you can have Palpatine's secret guys, and this could be something that he's not clairvoyant again. This could just be Palpatine taking the opportunity of, well, let me go ahead and infiltrate some of the peop- some of the Jedi I've trained, and now I can work both sides of the aisle here. I can work just like he did in, in the <laughs> movies, but better. He can work both sides, and it's something that comes out of not, I planned this 20 years ago, and this is exactly how it's going to work. No, it's, it's, <laughs> I am impregnated a random slave in the desert with <laughs> magical metachlorian powers, and now, and that person will grow up to be someone that I will put into a suit, and we will, yeah. Yeah. No, this is just a, a moment of opportunity as the, he's, he's putting a lot of tops on the table and making them spin, and when they bump into each other, random opportunities arise, and Palpatine seizes the opportunity. He's he is very very Hitler esque. He seizes the opportunity when it comes. Yeah, he recognizes turning moments and how to utilize them. So he has his own special forces join up the Republic Army, and they go in. They go all in, and there can be oh some montages of battles here. And we can show in just a couple of scenes, a couple of shots, Anakin's taking to the warrior side as he feels like he's been let off the leash. And he's out on these battlefields just laying waste. And Palpatine and Yoda can have a scene where they're looking in on the battle plans or something in the Senate office. And Yoda has grave concern. And Palpatine can have his little goofy grin and Obi-Wan can be teaching some of his his uh, his soldiers how to, to calm and to sneak attacks, disable, not kill, and different things like that. Yeah, he kind of he kind of walks. Obi-Wan's kind of our middle of the road person. He can kind of see some validity in you know being the warrior, but also being more of the spiritualist and the healer and everything like that, and having that work in harmony. Okay, so what we're looking at here is uh, Palpatine's involvement in these battles because we're going to get to what wasn't really shown in the movies. And granted, people are going to say, well, we have it in television form now, but that's a cheap conceit. <laughs> that if you. If, if you, you talk, are you talking about the Clone Wars cartoon? Yes. And it, the idea being, we, wait, we waited 30 years to see what the Clone Wars were like. And in the movies, we got to see the very, very beginning of it and the end of it <laughs> with nothing else. And it didn't really mean anything. And there was no, no reason it just kind of kind of happened. <laughs> yeah. Off screen. And one thing that we absolutely for certain are not going to have, as we talked about this when we were putting our notes together for this show, we're not going to have anyone sit down and... Name this war as it begins. <laughs> no one sat down on in 1939 and said, Poland's been invaded. World War II has begun. <laughs> this must be the War of 1812. Exactly. It, uh-oh, Fort Sumter, it is a civil war. <laughs> it, oh, oh, it's on. <laughs> Civil War. It's a- I almost, now I almost want to have somebody stop and look into the camera and break the fourth wall. Oh, it's Say on. It. It's the Clone Wars. <laughs> Mace Windu comes in and his one line, if Sam Jackson really wants to be in this movie, we can bring Mace Windu in to come in. And when they, uh, they say, uh-oh, the war's begun, Mace Windu can come in and say, oh, it's on. And then he can leave screen and walk off screen <laughs> and go fight. Uh, just have him light up his lightsaber. It's on. Oh, oh it's on. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. So, all right. Oh, better use of what we got in the other movies. <laughs> okay, so we have him fighting some battles, and the first big battle of the official war. The official war meaning that war has been declared and Anakin and Obi-Wan are in the army. Some other Jedi have joined up as well and flying off 
off because some other planet is in trouble. Maybe some planet named Dantooine is in trouble. Hey. Or Wookieville is now in trouble. And it's a Wookie from the planet Kishik. Yes. So they can go off and fight a battle. And there's a big space battle, and we can even have a montage of battles. But then one of the battles can actually result in the death of Palpatine. And this is going to lead us to the clones. Because what if one of the battles is actually at the cloning facility? So Palpatine realizes that they're sniffing too close to home. They're nearing his cloning facility. So he goes to try and protect it. And, you know, he, he's not... He's trying to hide, he's trying to sneak in to protect his clone facility or to get his clone body out when Anakin and Obi-Wan and a couple of other soldiers or whatever, they show up and they see him and they're wondering why he's there and he gets killed in the crossfire or somehow he dies, but he's close to his clone. So it's a little and, bit of And um, I, I just thought of something that actually, to me at least, makes sense. What if one of the reasons that he wanted to spring the Dark Jedi prisoner at the beginning was he had accomplished the mission by the end of the first movie of getting that last piece of vital information that was needed for Palpatine to be successful and being able to transfer force power into a clone? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, he's the, he's the key guy. Right. So Palpatine dies. Anakin can suffer some major limb loss here. So he, he continues to lose body parts. And, yep, they get replaced with more machine. And they discover that this was a cloning facility and there's a bunch of empty pods or something. So they wonder, where, where are all these clones? <laughs> yeah, where have they gone? Yes. We've got a problem, folks. Yeah, and... Palpatine, there, there's no Palpatine body. Maybe he fell off a cliff, the... Uh, to use cool art direction, since we are in a Star Wars movie, there's no reason it has to be sitting on some corner street or a little mountain. He could be on the edge of a cliff. Or this could be kind of the, they're on top of a volcano. Yeah, I was going to say, we did discuss this cloning facility possibly being hidden on Mustafar itself. And yeah, I mean, that would be a real easy way to have nobody left. So he's gone, his body's gone, but his essence is not... When we get back to Coruscant, Obi-Wan is quite fearful of the state of Anakin at this moment. He's either depressed or pissed off. He, he's starting to be a little concerned about the fact that Anakin is you know, hold, held up in a Jedi hospital or something, and he's just itching to get back out and fight, and Obi-Wan is wondering, no, uh, what's, what's driving this kid? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And... And Padme can come in and say that, oh, I'm pregnant. Oh. Uh, so maybe she, does, maybe she doesn't give birth here, but she can give birth at the end. By the end of episode two, we feel like she should give birth. Or she could give birth at the very beginning of episode three. But we have to have yeah, the kids we, be a part of something here. Yeah, we we don't want it to be the last five minutes of the overall story. Oh, by the way, they're kids. See you later. Yeah. Oh, better drop these kids off somewhere. <laughs> no, they, it needs to be a part of something. We're doing a yeah. prequel to Star Wars. They need to be a part of something. I, I like the idea that, um, and and this could be something too that kind of eats away at Anakin when he's in the hospital. When Obi Wan was cut down on the Death Star in the original uh, movie, you know he he hears Luke hears Obi Wan's voice in his head, and it continues to guide him and everything like that. What if we have something similar happen with? Anakin and Palpatine. He's basically force essence at this point. Why couldn't he reach back to Anakin? And yeah, I mean the idea being that Anakin or Palpatine is maybe calling Anakin back to, I guess we'll call it Mustafar for no, in all intents and purposes. He calls him back to Mustafar because it's I need your help, Anakin. I need your help. I'm still alive. So. He's calling Anakin back to Mustafar to essentially help him finish off the cloning process and get him into his new body. Yeah. And 
So Anakin is itching to get out, but he can't tell Obi-Wan about it. And we'll have to figure out a reason why, because as I say that out loud, I are already my logic meter went off. Well, why wouldn't he tell Obi-Wan about it? <laughs> well, maybe he, maybe he could say something to Obi-Wan about it, but Obi-Wan, you know, it's like, it, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> he's dead. What, what do you expect, him to come floating in like some blue animal or something? <laughs> he's, he's dead. <laughs> and then when Obi-Wan sees Palpatine is blue, he looks at him and says, how did you do that? Oh, man, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I want to give that a try. <laughs> uh, so Anakin, maybe with Padme's help or something like that, sneaks out of the infirmary, get, steals a ship, and heads back to Mustafar, and there could be a, I don't know, a contingent of... Republic army that's there to guard the place because if they found something that crucial they wouldn't just desert it they'd leave a, a squad behind and he goes in and all of a sudden creepy blue Palpatine shows up and tells him what to do and save my life and Anakin does whatever and all of a sudden Palpatine comes back as a clone and the only thing around is a big, dark, black hood, but he comes back and his clone is all screwed up, looking like the Emperor. And yeah, suddenly... We were, we were... And, oh, sudden, well, and suddenly, Palpatine is unleashed himself. He no longer feels like he has to put up pretenses for the Jedi. He takes out whatever the squadron that's there, the Republic squadron that's protecting, and Palpatine suddenly takes him out and then says some sort of lie to Anakin that evil Anakin follow me uh, some something along those lines or something about you know how they they will be able to restore order uh, more effectively than the Jedi or how the Jedi's teachings are flawed and basically if you continue down that path you know you're yeah we don't have going. to have the whole thing written here but the basic yeah. idea is there there's a lot. There's an inherent logic there to Palpatine being able to fairly easily, if we've done our job up to this point of him being a mentor to Anakin, he can very easily at this point pull off a reasoning behind killing this security squadron and convincing Anakin about who's wrong and who's right. And yeah, and the situation could just be, you know, kind of spiral out of control very quickly too. And the only way that he's going to get the answers that he wants and I mean, let's face it, Anakin, I'm in any version of this, ours or George Lucas's, I mean, he's drawn to power. Um, he wants to understand it, he wants to be able to use it, and he wants to be able to control it. So, um, you know, it could be as simple as that. And then we have the fall of Senior Skywalker. And this is, this is where it gets good. So, like you <laughs> said earlier, I'd like to see this movie. <laughs> Here we have Obi-Wan. Or Padme, just like they did in Revenge of the Sith, but again, we're using it for our terms. They realized Anakin snuck out and went to Mustafar. They both fly to Mustafar, either Padme, because she's concerned about Anakin, though I, I would lean more towards Obi-Wan and Padme is on board. Uh, did, did we cover the fact that she's had... That she's given birth to the... When does she give birth to the kids? See, that's why that what I said. I think she just says she's pregnant mm -hmm. based on you know, the remnants of the end of episode one. That okay. By this point, she can say she's pregnant. And she could be a little farther along. She could have a little bit of a bump. But one way or the other, they follow Anakin to Mustafar because he snuck out of the hospital. So either... Padme snuck out to, or Padme found a ship to go chase after him because she was fear, fearful for him. And Obi-Wan overheard it and said, that little shit ignored me anyways. Uh, and then he <laughs> jumps into the ship like he does in Revenge of the Sith and flies along. But one way or the other, they follow him to Mustafar and have a confrontation where Obi-Wan sees that Palpatine's there and Palpatine kills the Republic Army or starts a fight, and Anakin, in that moment, decides to protect Palpatine and not Obi-Wan. So that's the, 
very first step of his downfall is that he decides he went all that way to bring Palpatine back to life, and suddenly Obi-Wan's going to try and kill Palpatine right in front of him. And Anakin decides it's time to protect Palpatine. I think Lucas did do one thing effectively with kind of the setup that he had with the third film, because... In a lot of ways, Palpatine, as he's presented in that story, is much more willing to listen to Anakin to encourage him to be kind of a pseudo-father figure. Obi-Wan is kind of more of the teacher and the brother type of thing, but it's Palpatine who basically steps in as the father figure in that. The rest of the Jedi just seem to be kind of out to lunch on everything. It's kind of dismiss anything this guy tells them Oh, uh, we'll go. Oh, you found out he's a Sith Lord? We'll go handle it. That obviously causes more problems than it solves and everything. So I think, again, kind of borrowing from that idea, having um, that relationship kind of stay intact here is important. And it leads to the confrontation, but we're just changing the the basics for what led to that scene and making it better <laughs> so more there's there's more drama hopefully leading up to this version because a we've shown more of palpatine and anakin mentorship and we've seen more of the friendship of obi-wan and anakin yeah more of that is going to lead to a more emotional scene even if we are copying verbatim what he did in revenge of the sith blocking wise <laughs> at the very least we're adding more depth to it because there is more depth and and in that case Padme is easier for Anakin to choke because it's just it's an in, it's a teenage infatuation and maybe she just told him that she's pregnant and how's a 17 or 18 year old hothead who has been who has all this power I mean, in, in our real world, uh, our real world, we would look at Anakin and say he was the head quarterback in school. He has a hot head. He's a hot head temper, and he gets with the hottest cheerleader. Goes into the army. He's really, really good. He enlists in the army. He becomes like a Navy SEAL or something. But he's just a complete dick in person, <laughs> and he's a hot head. And so when he thinks he's the shit. This girl comes back to him, and this hot cheerleader comes back to him now and says, I'm pregnant. She's the one that he could very easily beat around as he drinks his Bud Light. So it's <laughs> it's, the, it's the idea being that when he's getting pissy with Obi-Wan for trying to attack Palpatine, Padme can show up, and as his temper goes, he can just choke her right then and there because, I mean, in all honesty, that's who she is to him at this point. She was just the hot grab. It's not, I'm deeply, so deeply in love. Because we never heard Darth Vader ever, 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 ever say the words Padme or Amidala in 4, 5, and 6. Oh, where is Padme? <laughs> so, what where we're going to do. She be? And all he cares about is his kids at that point. So, we're going to go with that. He set it up. We're going to run with it. She was just a teenage fling, and he ends up choking her to death. Obi-Wan f completely loses at that point. Whoa, and wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Putting yes. the skids on you. Go, go. Okay, if she hasn't given birth yet, we can't have him kill her. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he kills her. He kind of chokes her enough that we see some damage happen. And after a fight between Obi-Wan and Anakin, there can be, the, like we were talking about, there's a clock ticking here. Mm -hmm. There's a clock ticking between Obi-Wan and his fight with Anakin and realizing he has to get Padme out of there and to a medical facility as quickly as possible. So that's why this doesn't have to be the end-all, be-all fight yet with Anakin. Because he's just trying to fight off Anakin, get him away, and get Padme out of there. Uh, or even Anakin just keeps coming at him in his pissy way, and Obi-Wan's just trying to get Padme out of there. Okay. So it's more protection. He's still, Obi-Wan's still officially a Jedi. He's still 
protection and defense, not attack. Right. So he's got to get her to a medical facility, and she yeah. spends the rest of her time in a medical facility. Okay, I just wanted to be clear that she does not die. Yes, there on the spot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because we've we've got more for her to do in episode three, so she's not dead yet, folks. But basically, the idea is Anakin injures her. This is forever completely getting rid of the idea that uh, there's going to be some form of forever love between these two. Because, uh, yeah, the douchebag she uh, hooked up with during some heat-of-the-moment battle who knocked her up now just tried to choke her in his drunken stupor. Yeah, she ain't hanging around. So there, here's where we have a fight between Obi-Wan and Anakin is what we're ultimately getting to. Anakin chooses to protect Palpatine. Obi-Wan inflicts some serious damage on Anakin to the point where he maybe has to wear half a mask or burns all his hair off or... Something that makes him look like a badass pre-Vader, which he is very quickly becoming. The erosion of his thinking, the ero- his emotional state, the erosion of uh, his body, all of these things are paralleled. Here's where uh, Obi-Wan can manage to get away with Padme on board, leaving Anakin there injured. Palpatine takes him to get healed, whatever he can, and makes him all machine even more machine than he was before. The idea being that by the end of this movie, which we're getting very close to that point in our minds here, I guess, the, the idea is Anakin is now machine, more machine now than man, and he is one step away from being full on what we know as Darth Vader. Keep, keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm intrigued. I want to know more. Uh, <laughs> We've got. We've also got uh, as Obi Wan gets gets away and everything. Palpatine's army, his dark Jedi army, and everything like that, including his uh, you know, dark side clones and everything like that. They're rising and gathering, and he's you know ready to unleash them on the galaxy here. And yeah, and we forgot to mention there's lots of little points that need to be sprinkled throughout episodes one and two showing and we've talked about it but just to just to hit home that point that in our idea of the way the jedi temple operates where you have the two completely diametrically opposed sides of the warrior side and the spiritual side and anakin has constantly been seeing that his personal taste is definitely on the warrior side but he is being taught by a jedi master who is completely on the spiritual side. And that has been a constant struggle for him. So when that's how Palpatine can can really get him is there there could be several times during some montage battle scenes in episodes 1 and 2 where Obi-Wan is pull back, use your mind, we can get up behind him and take him prisoner and before Obi-Wan is done talking, Anakin's gone in and sliced the guy's head off. And so that's where we kind of come in where episode two, Attack of the Clones, was. Go in slow on the left. <laughs> and Anakin just runs in, and I'm going to take him now. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're, we have that same sensibility, but that's ultimately what's going to get us to this point where Palpatine very easily Fudge something up to Anakin that look we can there needs not be a war here. The, the Republic army is outmanned. I have the army that can actually protect the galaxy and and bring order to the to this crazy crazy land. And I can take down these dark Jedi with my own army. Yeah, and and I think too uh, something that. Palpatine, part of the reason that he is seen as charismatic by those who choose to listen to him or follow him, including Anakin, is, um, and again, this is, I think, implied, but not ever really said outright in um, the existing film, that, you know, the power of free will, essentially, it's like, well, who, who are these people to sit here and dictate how we use the power that we've been blessed with? Sure. But you have to use it responsibly. 
That's why Obi-Wan can be that, almost that perfect model of the Jedi. He follows and taught the spiritual side, but he can unleash it when he has to. Mm-hmm. And maybe if Sam Jackson's in here and we still have Mace Windu showing up, he can he can be the ultimate badass when he has to unleash, and he just barely holds on to the spiritual side. Mm-hmm. He, he just barely can stick with Yoda on the, okay, calm when I have to. He's completely in control, but he can unleash it when he has to unleash it completely. So we're t- we're at the end here of what we would call our episode two, where Anakin has been completely injured, and Palpatine takes him away and convinces him that there are Jedi throughout the galaxy who uh, are causing us issues, and this is where it can be a bit of a deception, where Anakin gets played by a Palpatine, and we'll we'll discover this in episode three. I don't know if I want to spill it now. Should I spill it now? Listeners. All right, fine. We'll spill it now. <laughs> the idea being that Palpatine, we're going to feel sorry for Anakin by the end of this because Palpatine's playing him. Because if Palpatine has dark Jedi all across the galaxy who are essentially clones of Jedi that left the temple, then Palpatine can just tell Anakin there are a bunch of Jedi throughout the galaxy who are causing all of this havoc. We need to go and stop them. Those are the clones of the Jedi that Palpatine made. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, Anakin's just going to keep hunting every Jedi he can find because he thinks the Jedi are the ones causing this. And he actually sees... A, you know, there was a bust in the Jedi library of Master... Let's go with idiocy. With Master sifo <laughs> And Anakin, in one of these battles... Palpatine points out there's Master Sifo Dyas leading an attack on Dantooine. So go and kill him, Anakin. The Jedi are causing all of this. And there can be a visible reason why Anakin would believe the Jedi are causing all of the problems. Because he sees the clones of these Jedi that left the Order causing destruction. And the only way that it, the only way they can be stopped is with force. So Anakin is now a lieutenant to Palpatine. So he's not kneeling before Monster Mash. <laughs> he, is, uh, he is now an actual lieutenant of Palpatine's for a what you could see, Anakin could see, as a logical reason why he would be a lieutenant to Palpatine. And he has his own personal pissy reasons for being angry with Obi-Wan because Obi-Wan had his chick with him and tried to kill Palpatine and was constantly trying to hold him back, to quote a line from Hayden Christensen, but used better. <laughs> he was constantly trying to hold him back from using his power that he has. But when Obi-Wan gets back to Coruscant, he has to bring Padme to a medical facility and they have to keep her alive. They have to decide, do they keep her alive? Um, and Obi-Wan has to be the one to break the news to Bail Organa. She needs to stay alive as long as possible because she's carrying children. She's, she's carrying that. younglings. <laughs> uh, and uh, then we have kind of what could be a, a kick-ass moment of, of Obi-Wan going to the Jedi Temple, going to Yoda, going to Mace Sam Jackson, and telling him Palpatine Palpatine is evil and he has got his own army and they're going to rise up and the George Carlin thing comes into play again pacifism's great Yoda but we need to rise up or we're going to get our asses killed yeah we're going to this is going to end badly for all of us if we don't be proactive at this point do something so Yoda calls, calls on all of the peaceful Jedi that are studying, and we can have all these monks in their Jedi robes studying in the Jedi Temple, and Yoda can give some sort of speech. He didn't even have to give a speech. He can just say something pretty cool, and all of the Jedi rise up and accept their warrior side, and we can have the final shot of Episode 2, 
be all of the Jedi starting to uh, unfurl their lightsabers or something or another that we got to go to battle here. And uh, that's how we end episode two. <laughs> so that's, that's called Star Wars Episode 2 Redo. The Clone Wars. Or we could just be lazy and not bother with any of that, and you can go watch the Attack of the Clones and see what you think. Yeah. Yeah. Because there, there is a film of this that already <laughs> exists. It's just not good. Well, I was yeah. going to say it's just not art. No. Uh, yeah, we'll put it that way. It's, <laughs> no, I could say it. it's not good. I think of the, the three movies, that's the one we could probably come out and say pretty blatantly. It's just not good. <laughs> just, I mean, episode one, eh, it's a kiddie movie. There's kids who probably like it, even though it's not really that great. There's kids who like it. Episode three, eh, you have a lot of stuff you're dealing with um, that ties in with four, five, and six, and it's a little bit darker. It's still cheesy, but eh, whatever. Episode two is Attack of the Clones. Just not, it's just not good. <laughs> it's not. Oh come on! It's it's got a love story. Everyone likes love stories. Well, we have a love story. Our love story <laughs> consists of two teenagers knocking boots, getting knocked up, and one of them choking the other one in a furious temper rage. Temper you've got tantrum. you've got CSI Kenobi, yes. as you put it. <laughs> we do have CSI Kenobi. We do have Mentor Palpatine. We've we've got clones appearing in this one. They are battling clones and the clone wars is no one knows why they're called the clone wars now it's only when obi-wan kenobi is 20 some years older that he can look back and say it was the clone wars and everyone calls it the clone wars right now it's there's a dark army out there the war when we get to episode three we're gonna they're gonna realize that Ta-da! I just killed Master Siphodius. No, you didn't. He died ten years ago. That was his clone. No. So that's what those dark Jedi were up to. Those sneaky little bastards. Exactly. And then Palpatine can take off his hood and say, "And I would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for meddling <laughs> Jedi. <laughs> if it wasn't for Master Kenobi and his detective skills. <laughs> if it wasn't for these meddling younglings, I would have gotten away with it." It's crazy old Pan Master Palpatine. <laughs> and then Obi-Wan goes and has a big, huge sandwich. So that is episode two. Redo. I like it. I do, too. Even though I, I like it. I talked my ass off. That was, uh, yes, that's a movie I'd want to see. Because hopefully, hopefully all of you would want to see it, too. Hopefully there is drama. Lots and lots of drama. And we go to episode three. I'll give you Dramamine. Episode three, where Vaderkin Skyhopper is hunting for Jedi. Hunting Jedi. What do you take from our version of episode two so far? What do I personally take as far as what? As far as what we've done differently and and how it works. I mean, my, my thought is I like the idea... More than anything, on a personal level, a, a deeper personal basis, I like the idea of Anakin uh, being toyed with. Feeling I, I sorry understand for the him. character's motivations, I think, better yes. in our version, um, which is something that, you know, it's. Uh, and again, uh, we've we <laughs> we've referenced the red letter media, Mister Blanket reviews of these. Uh, films, the existing films, and if you haven't seen those, uh, again, I encourage you to go check them out. They are quite amusing. Yes. Um, but uh, he does a really good job in those of pointing out just the uh, complete lack of, you know, cause and effect as far as character motivation goes. I mean, Anakin comes back and goes off on this, you know, megalomaniacal rant about killing a bunch of sand people and everything, and Padme is like, Oh, don't worry about it, buddy. <laughs> yeah, it's, I I still love you even if you have a problem with killing people. It's cool. It, he sums it up in those videos. The absolute best summation line would be all of these movies, all of the prequels feel like their first drafts. Like 
George Lucas sat down and said, I have to come up with something. Here's something. Okay, now let's get to work on what the digital models are going to look like. That's what those movies feel like. Yeah, so our version, I I will say that I think I come away with a stronger idea of, you know, why people are doing what they're doing. (laughs) Yeah, and a stronger idea that they're not infallible. (laughs) That That too, That Palpatine does not have all of this planned out down to the moment. That everything is going exactly to plan. What plan? Did you sit down with tarot cards and figure (laughs) all this out? No. He takes advantage of some things that come up that he did not see that were going to happen. Things happen. Life happens. He takes advantage of it in a good or a bad way. He does it in a bad way. Hence, he's going to be bad. So, boy, I can't wait for three. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully hopefully people have stuck around long enough here as we're in an hour of this stuff. Oh, my. Uh, So... Yes, we'll, we'll, we'll come back, and we will do episode three. I, we're going to have to figure out what the titles of these things are at some point. Yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe you guys can write in to us, and you can you can give us suggestions for the titles. I mean, I I keep sticking with the Clone Wars, but you know, maybe there's something better out there. Episode Rise of the Dark Jedi, I don't know. Episode one, whoops. Episode two, uh-oh. <laughs> and episode three, oh, no. <laughs> There's your prequel. <laughs> episode three, what the hell? <laughs> uh-huh. All right, well, let's get All right, here, well, so. my uh, Luke's robotic hand is running out of battery power here, so. All right, well, my. Time uh, to sign off time for me to go be a tauntaun wrangler because they do smell better on the outside so uh yes stick around we'll be back with episode three at some point in the future uh looking forward to it indeed okay don't forget to like us on facebook episodes can be downloaded on itunes or at EnceladusLiterary.com. Opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and may not reflect those of Enceladus Literary. Can't say it. You can't say one word? Even the guy who can't think says something, you guys just stand there? Come on! Okay, but... Ah!